It's been mentioned on this podcast before and well-documented in print that Broken Social Scene co-founder bassist Brendan Canning and I used to live together. We ended up under the same roof through our mutual friend Richard Switzer, who in turn ended up putting out one of our EPs, My Love is Bold, on his Sound King record label. When I did move in with Brendan and Richard, I was suffering from yet another collapsed relationship and was glad to be in a different environment with some good people. And those two guys helped me get through my depressed state, whether they realized it or not. What I didn't realize was the house I had moved into now was a bustling social epicenter of the Toronto music scene, at least relative to what I was used to. My time at the house, which ended up being four years worth, had me meeting a variety of people in the music scene I would never have met otherwise. Some of these people eventually became internationally known, like the Broken Social Scene crew, Peaches, Do Make Say Think, and Leslie Feist. In fact, Leslie was one of the first people I met when I moved in with Brendan and Richard, and I remember her telling me that there were a lot of people vying for the third roommate spot at the house. It made me feel nice and welcomed at a time in my life when I wasn't feeling that great. Well, life moves on, and my time away from home, due to increased touring, eventually made me move out. And in the last 12 years, Brendan, Richard, and I have only been able to see each other at birthdays and Christmas lunches. However, this podcast has allowed at least me and Brendan to hang out every once in a while. This is his third appearance on the podcast and a veteran Black Coffee Brigade brigadier, if that's the proper way to say that title. Like I mentioned, I met Leslie Feist through Brendan. I believe in our kitchen one night, just hanging out. And of course, since that time, her star has risen to heights of Grammy nominations, Sesame Street, and Saturday Night Live appearances, which, in my opinion, are true marks of having made it, and countless other accolades too numerous to mention here. Sometimes, even people who you call friends have to be given a window of time until their ego gets checked when success comes. But not Leslie. She's always been very down-to-earth and just a cool hang. However, she's also supremely busy. That's what happens when the world wants you. The wheels to get this podcast happening started on March 5th, 2012. So this podcast took over 14 months to happen, mainly due to my tenacity and her high tolerance of said tenacity. She endured me quite considerately, and I thank her for that. To add even more scheduling nightmares into the mix, we invited both Brendan and Nick Flanagan onto the podcast episode when there was finally an opening with all our timetables lining up despite the fact that it would be the day after getting home from a tour, I confirmed it and hoped for the best. There's a lot of regional scene talk in this episode, but a lot of the players' name-dropped have gone on to acquire some acclaim and notability, so it's not that hard to follow the thread. Also, at a couple of points during the uh, podcast, you can hear audio dropouts. Those were deliberate due to Brendan name-dropping certain people or a certain person, and I took certain people or certain person's names out in order to protect Brendan, because he has a penchant for brazenly calling people out. I want to I wanna thank Blue Mic Microphones and Skull Candy Headphones, too, for supporting this podcast. And everyone who has left a comment on iTunes or SoundCloud, we appreciate the feedback, and please keep those coming, especially the compliments. 
I had a blast catching up with old friends. And what made it even more special is that this is the podcast's 50th episode, and I can't think of a better way to celebrate than having Feist and Canning and Flanagan on the podcast. There are no plans to slow down, and we have some great episodes coming down the pipe in the next few weeks, too. So check it out. Leslie Feist and Brendan Canning are this episode's guests on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. Now, I, I don't even want drip coffee ever. I'm like a nerd. I'm like, I only want Americano. And I want to see you pull it. I don't know what it's Yeah, about. I want to determine the amount of water that goes in with the espresso. I want less. But I like diner coffee still. There's something special. Like one or the other. Coffee. You either want diner coffee or like the finest. Uh, so you can separate the taste of each. Uh, exactly. You know, bean. Is this what your podcast's like? Pretty it's much. Yeah, it, no, it is. I mean, <laughs> I talk about coffee. Coffee he cast. Sits there. Oh my God. Hey, we, what? It, it's happening. What's happening? Oh, you started. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is happening right now. <laughs> we have started. Um, it's happening. We're here. I can't believe this is happening. This, this is, is like so a dream. Uh, it took, what, 10 months to get this organized? I was wondering if you were going to. Actually, itemize how many communications we had back and forth. Trying we have to like I mean, you maybe were... three email chains. Yeah, the yeah. first time, the second time. No, and this there is like nine hundred times. There's so many times that you guys don't even know. Really? We we uh, we would write each other, trying to figure out from every corner of the world. But it would be always, always be like on teeter totter schedules of who was home and who was out. So. I arrived from tour yesterday. I haven't even been home for 24 hours. But when you threw this date at me, I was like, look, <laughs> I, can't, I, I'm, I am able to do it, so let's just do it. My luggage is, is right there. I haven't unpacked yet. Well, look at that it beat is. up solid, solid is, state. Yeah. <laughs> so that is proof oh, okay. that I just came. I haven't even taken the tags off it yet. Oh, my God. You have a Star Alliance Gold Elite Priorities. I should hope there. so. No, I'm. Hey, as as from one hey, to another, okay? we're, we're keeping. I mean, you, you put your time up um, yeah. in the air up there. I am rested. Was it was it an, up, was it <laughs> it an was, upgrade? It was an though? upgrade. It was an upgrade. An up, okay, well, you've got all those credits. You yeah, have to use. You got them. A, I, you know, <laughs> well, when it was um, four days, you can only upgrade four days before the flight. Yes. You can't upgrade any sooner. So four days, we were in Porto, and uh, I didn't have enough money on my my phone to make the call. That's a sad. All kinds of complications. That that I couldn't like do it online. The joke is like to not have the few bucks credit on your phone to get the thousand dollar worth upgrade for exactly. free. So there's, there's well, some irony. It was crazy. Just like rippling through that situation. Yeah. Well, isn't that your manager? Wouldn't your manager be calling to try and get you upgraded? Don't rub it in. Maybe, I can't. No, I've got to do it by myself. I mean, you could send an email and say, "Hey, Bernie, do you mind uh, checking in on this?" Oh, I don't know. Just so, who do you recommend? He, he, well, I said Bruce. Bernie. Well, Bernie Finkelstein. Of okay. course. I was yeah. thinking that you were thinking. You're really shit disturbing over here. <laughs> hey, you know, it's just a name. It's just a guy who manages Bruce Coburn. That's all. That'd be cool name. if you went on tour with Bruce Coburn. Yeah, disastrous for both parties. Fox, that's I think. that's uh, you could cover if I had a rocket launcher. Danko that's James. not his only song. No, that's, that's the only one I know. It's not what? his only song. Heal what? the world. Did he write? Well, the wondering world? where the lines are. You never. Oh heard that yeah, song. I've heard that. That's not beautiful. Did you see that Bruce Coburn documentary? No. 
It's, it was a pretty good one. Yeah. And then you realize afterwards, going, that wasn't his only song. No. <laughs> no. You know the song? They never are. The you never know the song, the uh, song. Tokyo? Whoa, Tokyo. Something like no. that. And, 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 and. We were just talking me about and that. all the other guys. Waiting for you guys. We were talking about, me and Nick were talking about cred. Cred. And how you're supposed to Because we're arriving, so you're thinking we better get get up on cred because these two super credible people are arriving. Actually, it was really, really sad. It was more like, Have you heard the Uniform Choice song, Screaming for Change? And he's like, What? No, I know that band. I don't know that song. I haven't heard that Uniform Choice song. And then he goes to me, I thought you had cred, man. And I'm like, what does that mean? Am I supposed to know every goddamn song? Like, no. but then you just took me to task for not knowing every Bruce Coburn song. So you, you know, you. And did, then I didn't you, know the song that Brendan was talking uh, about. It's so, a uh, rabbit hole. It's, but what a great guitar player Bruce Coburn is. Yeah, underrated, I should say. A little side note here: Andrew Whiteman of Broken Social and his uh, dream. Well, not his dream, but anyway, his idea to put a group, it's me, Bruce Coburn, and Julian Brown. That's in his oh, uh, man. weirdo all guitar. All on guitars? Yeah, all on, yeah. It'll that be a big... That's not bad. be yeah. a big wank fest. Could I be in the background playing the only pa- the power chords Yeah, to all those? You'd be like, guys, someone's got to fill in the power No one's playing. Just give me a good old G bar chord. If there's someone who can play a power chord... It's it's me right here. To root all that noodling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rooting and we could call it rooting noodling. Have Whoa, you did that's you, a terrible idea. Did you archive it, it, all your phone outgoing phone messages over the years? Uh no, not all <laughs> no. Some of them. You should put an album out. That's exactly that. what I've said to him. What's going I, on with this? I'm A and R in Canning's next move and yeah. it's that he needs to We'll tell everyone out in cyberspace that over the years, so 15 years... I've been waiting the, for you to step in as A&R, but... A&R You've had this career going on. It's troublesome. Is it, it's been in the way of your <laughs> A&R duties to my career. Well, you know, Which give me I'm, a couple of white wine <laughs> spritzers and I'm full of ideas for what you should do next. Yeah. But basically, as Danko said, yeah, the... Bernie, a couple of white wine spritzers. Yeah. Canning's outgoing phone messages. So when you call yeah. Canning, you get a three-minute long. Not usually. that long. Not some that long. sometimes, sometimes. Never three minutes. Don't forget, I used to. We used to but live together. Yeah. So so when people, people call you too. And we maybe. we we have musical <laughs> careers in two different spheres. Yes. So some of the people in my sphere would call the house and would be met with this acoustic number <laughs> hands or do you remember back when phones would have when you'd call someone it would there would be one message saying press one to leave a message for this person two to leave a message like back in the olden days of phones yeah the yeah. mailboxes that were do they yeah. have that now yeah. Yeah. so would you have your own message on your own press two to yeah. leave a message for so and so you'd have your own like power cord that's true <laughs> press one for Brendan press two for Danko press one for press anyway those for those outgoing messages were some of the most pure music I've ever heard so well beautiful. sometimes they're just gifts for my friends oh well, that's that's the name mm-hmm. of the album there then gifts for my friends <laughs> <laughs> From Saint Nick. It's just beautiful. <laughs> Not this Nick. But it, it would Nick. be great if it's like a lo-fi kind of no outgoing message, phony yes. kind of lo-fi thing. Mm-hmm, and it would mm-hmm. just be maybe like what's the hesitation? Like seventy-five tracks. No. No. This does sound like yeah. an amazing idea. You know, yeah. thirty yeah. seconds long. That's a good idea. 
Okay, we'll Mike get Patton to that. put out uh, um, an album called Adult Themes for Voice. Oh, was that the thing he did on Four Track in all his hotel rooms? In all his hotel rooms. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's wild. You could tell he's doing it in the washroom of a holiday. And he and for each track, it was just the room. I think it was the hotel and the room number or whatever. Like the city. For each and track. The... Yeah. Oh, yeah, those that's were the so tracks. Cool. There you go. Mike Patton scored some is... movie I saw recently. Oh, <clears> he scored. He scored that. The City Beyond the Pines? Oh, yeah. The Place Beyond the Pines. Gosling. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Patton's going. Oh, is it Gosling? It's but Gosling. it also No, man. It might be good. I'm, I'm not interested. He's great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But it also used a lot of source cues by... Uh, oh, who's that guy? Anyway, it'll come to me. Don't worry. I just heard a nice movie soundtrack as well for the movie The Manor. An excellent documentary. The Manor. Sounds, Jim Guthrie did it. British. He's good. Oh, oh is cool. this yeah. about Jimmy the, yeah. the, uh, the strip club in, in Guelph. Peterborough? Yeah. Or Guelph yeah. yeah. How is the... Okay, update. Last Guthrie. time you were here, you were working on a soundtrack yourself, Canning. Yes. With uh, Lindsay Lohan and... Yes. Uh, James Dean. Paul Schrader. Was he? Paul, yeah. He was directing. Spelt with a silent H and what? James Dean with a silent James, Y? James <gasps> Dean with E-E-N. E-E-E. Oh, He's okay. been in over 3,000 adult films. Yes. He gets more famous every day, too. I feel like he's yeah. He's he's like a weird crossing the threshold. Did it work adult out? Act. Did it come uh, out? What, what's the it's not, it's coming out in August. And uh, have you great. hung out with those stars? Uh, no, only Paul Schrader. And Braxton Pope. Oh, and Braxton Pope, the producer. Still waiting to get paid. Is this oh, the canyons? No big deal. Is, is this oh, the canyons? Do you want that out on the podcast? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, you can put it out. <laughs> he put out his home address. I had to take that out, man. Oh, take. Yeah, you go. Hey, uh, I'm like, I, and I said, are you sure you? you I think want the day that on. There? I think the day I'd have to become very famous to get stalked. I think stalking was more like. Do people I know, still but stalk? This thing is I guess forever, <laughs> you know, kind of, until iTunes like collapses. Yeah. So you I remember get your in. old fo- your your house when you guys lived together had a code on the front door instead of a key. Yeah. And I, I think there was endless amount of people who knew that code. I think I can still it? picture it. Was it a one and a four at the same time, and then something in the middle? Yeah, that's right. Really? It's different now. Yeah, you're right. You know, I'm glad you're telling me this now and not telling me this when I just moved in, because <laughs> <laughs> it would have would have scared the hell out of me. You would have been like, oh, we got to change the uh, front door code. <laughs> why is, <laughs> why, why is we that? We have to change it every week. Yeah. <laughs> why is that, Danko? Uh, well, you know, I. Just, I don't feel safe in here. I really that don't. Leslie Feist keeps coming around. Yeah. That's that's I don't, I don't well. feel safe. I She's walk in the downstairs. kitchen. She's making eggs. You know yeah. what? I was retelling the story of when our house got broken into by our neighbor and <laughs> stole, a cu- stole a couple of guitars. Yeah. Remember? And then like at 2 o'clock in the morning, we called the cops. And then we're sort of walking up the street with the cops and is peering out his little uh, Venetian blinds there. Like, hey, guys, what's going on? Uh, well, someone stole our guitars. It's probably you. Why I didn't do you say that. think it was him? Because. And why are you putting uh, his last name out on a podcast right now? Because was he, he charged? No, because he'll, he'll, A, he'll never be hearing this. And, uh, Until his cousin he wants, well, hears this. No, he left a review. He well, left a review already on the Danko Jones was, uh, iTunes was, was he charged? Well, he, a couple years later, he I was taken that. down in, the, in our backyard. Really? I was yeah. going to ask what happened to that guy. Uh, well, he eventually, the house sold, but on their last day on, on, yeah, on, 
Street. Whatever. No one needs to know the number. Oh my! It's just the anyway. world's so you can shortest on, street. It's only on, twenty houses. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he keyed all the all the cars on the street. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. I want to know anyway, more about this guy. Oh, he uh, sounds like an original. He got taken down in the backyard because he was by he had who? St- what are you by the cops. About? Like snipers? No, by the or no, by the cops. Like he was <laughs> yeah, hopping. He's, he's he was crazy. like hopping fences on our side of the street, and he was knocking on the neighbor's door, like asking for a pair of shoes, like pointing to his feet. And Ryan, who my next door neighbor, was sort of shrugging his shoulders. And then, like, a cruiser came, like, roaring, reversing down the street. And there was, like, a few cop cars coming. And finally, Sarah, who I was living with at the time, she came out to the... What's that? At the time, yeah. Oh. Um, hey, you know, we got to catch up. Uh, but anyway, she came outside and said, he's back there. He's back. That's her voice now. Uh, and anyway, yeah, the cops <laughs> all came running through the gate, through the backyard, and then took him down. And, you know, anyway, there you go. That's neighbors. Our neighbor. That well, was one of the neighbors. Did you ever jam with him? No. No, I but the thing not. is, the guitar he stole guitar. was a Strat. <laughs> and yeah. it, uh, uh, it forced me to get a telly, which I ended up playing for years and years. You never got your guitar back? Years. No. Yeah. But I bought a telly, or I got a telly after that yeah. because of that. I was oh, looking to get out of the whole Strat thing. Yeah. I had a, my, my first guitar that I learned to play guitar on, stolen, and yeah, it led me down a rabbit hole of, because that was the best guitar in the world. It was a J.K. Lado. Oh, Lay Lady Lado. Lady Lado. I called her Smoker's Tooth because she was creamy colored and crackled and sort of yellowing at the edges. Was that the, the picture that I saw? Yes. Oh. That guitar got stolen in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I was opening for my waitress at a hobbit themed um pizza joint in a basement of a strip mall in the suburbs of kalamazoo yeah Wait those a were the, the a great hobbit themed? themed yeah it was called smog like a pizza was called smog the dragon and <laughs> you know like you know hobbits don't like mushrooms so there was like some the mushroom pizza was called like something else and did they ever have a there nap, was an nap. arcade what roommate you know that sounds like the Michigan? best place of all time no, open for the waitress the girl who served us, to, and then when we got our free one free pizza. Who were you with? Me and Dean Stone, drums and me. There was like that. You was, guys just went what to play. What year was this? For like a year, we were a band, just the two of us. Feist was me and Dean Stone playing That's, in strip malls. And what, what, what year is this? Like two thousand, maybe. Do you what? remember? I played one of your Rivoli nights. What do you mean, my Rivoli night? You had a night at the Rivoli, like back in ninety. No, I didn't Six. have a night. It was, it was Hayden had those nights. Yeah, but you were you were um, you were organizing one. Yeah, hosting a night at the Rivoli, and I it was like a singer songwriter thing, and I had broken up with my girlfriend in ninety six ninety seven. Lisa. No, no, it was Lisa. <laughs> Lisa. It was Lisa. It wasn't Lisa. No, it wasn't. It was someone else. And then um, <laughs> and then I played all these songs, and I remember you go, uh, you 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 said to me afterwards. All these like depressing heartbreak songs, and then you told me, "Whoever she is, she has to hear those." Oh shit! That's, that's what you said to me. You don't oh, remember man. that? Canning pulled. No, no. I I just have a extremely bad memory for details, yeah. but I'm really glad when people jog my memory. No, this is before we moved in together. Yeah. Because you used to do some night at the Weave yeah. on Dundas. But you did Rivoli nights, right? Yeah, maybe the Rivoli was before. Because you, you were working at the Rivoli. I was pretty activated back then. I was organizing. Yeah, shit. you were. Yeah, that's, that's how I, I... I think that's the first time I met you. I, rem, I, I remember... 
And then when I moved in with Brendan, I was like, oh, that's a, a girl from that the Rivoli. Booker girl. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh yeah. And then she's she's in By Divine Right. That's yeah. It's that Rivoli girl. So for years, well, even to this I day, did, I, I did think work of you the as back the, bar at, at the Rivoli. I, for years, I worked back there, and then Greg Buttrell, who booked the back room of the Rivoli, kind of let me help him book. I, I remember once, like him saying, "Get this, these blonde redhead, the paperwork for blonde redhead together, get them across the border." And I was sort of learning how to like, like sponsor, get work permits sorted. I mean, I was it was I was really getting into booking. Yeah. And then he opened a bar called Lava, and he uh, I, I worked in the office there for him, kind of like part time. Really, you worked at Lava. I party yeah, hard like, at Lava on Wednesdays. Oh, Wednesday. you did what? Club. Partied. Club. <laughs> I would have, partied I would, on Wednesdays? Yeah. I remember Apostle of Hustle, but before Andrew Whiteman was called Apostle of Hustle, he was called Kevita. And he had this like kind of... Kevita at the Rivoli. Yes. Did you book that gig? I probably. probably. Well, I was there if, if nothing else. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, so then Apostle started to do these weekly nights. And, and also Sun... Son, which oh was God. Jason Beck, who is Gonzalez, my best friend and compadre for years and years now. Back then, Son Live at Lava was an album that he made, being this organ trio where he played an ace tone organ and Maki played drums and Taylor Savvy slash Dave Sagetti played like Lap Steel or something. And that was one of my favorite bands of all time. And they just did these weird weekly residency at Lava. So, that, I mean, there was so much, like, I, all these formative gigs for me were. Now I'm realizing, like, 13 years ago, all the stuff that I used to obsessively go watch. I would obsessively go to Apostle Hustle shows, K Vita shows, and uh, and the Sun shows, which became, you know, he they all spliced off. Maki became Maki. Taylor Savage became Taylor. Everyone be- didn't some of the guys in K Vita become like some electronica. Oh yeah, Dan yeah. Kurtz, oh, the, Dan New Kurtz. The, the New Deal, the New Deal. Yeah, a... he was the bass player for the New Deal, and then him and his wife formed Dragonette. Oh yeah, but it's Greg's so got bizarre. a new place yeah. in Kensington where we had our book release launch. What's yeah. it called? Oh, yeah. supermarket. 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 Yeah. Oh, that yeah, makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Now that I understand, it's the same owner as of Lava. I completely understand supermarket now because it has been, the same feel. Yeah, it's been yeah. around for about eight years. And he opened Tempo as well on College. <laughs> it's Street. a new place. <laughs> I have no idea, man. It's probably been longer than eight years. Yeah. So, Greg, I really like this new place here. Oh, thanks. Uh, open I think in I was like, oh, congrats on this place. Yeah, but Greg's been around long enough now to know that, that basically touring musicians like eight years is like, so I like your new place because you've been gone for 11 months a year for the yeah, last eight years. And you know. can't keep tra- track of everything, except then you go past your old job and mm-hmm. it's a condo and you're everything's a condo so weird it's it's this uh this like historic walk back time because <laughs> Kenny and I were just talking in the car about how this arts and crafts anniversary thing and I was sort of on the 10 year because it's this 10th year anniversary of arts and crafts and I was like, yeah, 10 years, man, we've been doing this for 10 years. And he, Canning was like, we're going on 20. I met Canning at my first gig I ever played in my life. Because my band, Placebo, my little punk band, won a high school battle of the bands in Calgary. And then we, the prize for that was to play the citywide battle of the bands, which we won. And the prize for that was to play at this 1993 Infest, headlined by the Bad Brains and Ramones and... Uh, the Cadillac Violent Femmes. 
And did you play that? Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the we got to play on the main stage at like 4 p.m. and and Head was on at 5 p.m. I think we were you on before you. You guys the Ramones? Well, kind of. They, did the Ramones they, actually show up for that gig? Yeah, I watched the Ramones. Who have the Smalls played? The Smalls, the Smalls. classic. Oh, yes. Shoot. I mean, yeah. but, but that I was 16. Yeah. And Canning was a little older than that. I was a little. I older. remember there. You know, I hadn't been on tour yet. I'd I think the Doughboys played, played that shows. one. <clears throat> yeah, the Doughboys definitely played. Superconductor. I just con I just made contact with uh, AC Newman recently through oh. Twitter. Oh yeah, me too. Actually. Praising Superconductor. What he was in Superconductor? Yeah, he was I a did singer, not know lead that. singer and yeah. uh, guitar player lead Are you singer. Kidding That's me? crazy. Superconductor yeah. came after yeah. New Pornographers. No. No, before. No, way before. <laughs> they were noisy, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. Sorry, before uh, Zumpano. Uh, before Zimpano. I, I did a piece Zimpano. on uh, Huffington Man. Post. About, Zimpano were like, good. Ten greatest noise bands from Canada, and Superconductor was one of them. And then I just they were tweeted him and I said, hey, look, I did this. Here. And then he started following me and we exchanged a few tweets and that was it. Our, our last tweets were, so I think cool. I tweeted about, uh, I just said, uh, Depeche Mode are better than New Order. It's, I might have said it more eloquently, and then he tweeted back something. <laughs> Hope so. And then I and then I said, yeah, but this, this, and this, and then he said, yeah, you're right. True story. That's the end of that one. But I will say, I saw AC Newman play. I think we were playing Pitchfork, and the, he started out the set, and it was clear that the guitar was a half step out when he was playing it. Ouch. Yeah, and and I was just thinking, it's like, wow. Are they really going to start this song? Because I can clearly hear that guitar is tuned completely. It was probably sunny. You know, you're looking down at your tuner. You can't see the little sharp symbol. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And and sure enough, they go into it. And then, you know, 30 seconds in, I think, I can't remember. I was up at the front, but I said, your whole guitar, you're out. Like half a step, you're too sharp or you're too, I don't know, whatever it was. It was... It was a bizarre sound. What happened? I, I'm always curious as to how performers handle situations. Uh, he he like had that. to well, he had to stop because it was completely. It was the first song of the set. First song oh, of the set. Man. No, you don't stop. No, yeah, you, you would, have you to. You wouldn't stop. No, because that happened. You uh, use the discord to your advantage somehow, right? You, you gotta just, just turn it into a bit. You gotta fuse it. Like Canning's uh, like mm-hmm. we're, no, we're, <laughs> we played in Madrid just last week, and the first song, you know, like the huge intro music, the whole crowd's cheering. Yeah. <laughs> I hit into the first chord, my tuner's on, and uh-huh. there's nothing coming out. Now, you know, you either go into panic mode and let everyone see this, or or you just keep playing. Yeah. And I just kept playing for like, I think it lasted for about 30 so seconds. So in mute. So yeah. they think the problem is at front of house or something, right? The problems, they're, they're the ones with the problem. They're the ones who can't hear it. I can yeah. hear it fine. There's right. something wrong with you. Yeah. Oh right! You, it's you it's gotta all like, smoke and mirrors. Yeah, it's all. Is that what you said after the song was over? To no, the crowd? you just don't address it. You, you're like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> that sounded weird to you. <laughs> so that's what he should have done. That's why I'm always curious as to how pe- what people do in those situations. I, yeah, I, there was. I had something like that happen in New Zealand where I was systematically being electrocuted by the well, that's, microphone. That's and no in fact, fun. my front. Oh, it wasn't tooth. grounded. Wait, in what city? In Auckland. Oh, in Auckland. It and, wasn't grounded. And what happened was that, like, my tooth, the nerve in my tooth, basically shorted out all the power on the stage. <laughs> because <laughs> that's amazing. It's it's still like I it's 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 my I wish my rock and roll injury was a little bit more romantic than that. But I like my face was zapped. My nerves in my face. It was mm-hmm. so bad. But that but it shorted out all the all the power on the stage. So basically, what ended up going was 
just my world, all my pedals and like my, my the mic, the power, everything. But there was still kind of rhythm section vibe happening. It was a huge festival, and and in those moments, you really like the you're just your soul being calloused over. Like you've got hardened, you can make it through. You're not going to mm-hmm. just sort of make it their problem. The audience don't understand what's gone on. No, it's a technical no. problem. I if will. I make it their problem, then it becomes doubly my problem. Right. I've got the pain to deal with and the fact that my all my all I might have to spend the next three songs somehow making it through without any no, any audibility coming out of me. Yeah. But yeah, some new instincts kick in in those moments. It's not fun, but in a way it's sort of like I used to complain on stage and I, I just can't do it no. anymore. No, one, like no one wants to hear a bank. It took me years. Well, you just like, like apologize, right. basically. Oh. Say, oh, I was, everything's wrong up here. So, you know. But at this point, it's like, nothing's wrong. This no. I meant for this to happen. And it always brings them on side because they can see the you know that your desire to like keep the spirit up is greater than your desire to whine about how conditions are shitty yeah, at an exactly. outdoor festival called Laneway. Right. Do, you, do you think that... <laughs> oh, the old Laneway festival. Did yeah. we play that one? Did Broken play that one? Yes, we did it. And then I actually, Glutton for Punishment, went back again. Oh, did you? A third? Was that a... Because we played just, that one twice. It was just, they're lovely people, but the, but the technical stuff was killing me. I got electrocuted like three different times on those. No rain, no reason. Just yeah. poorly wired stages where mm. where I was I was just sort of almost like a dog getting kicked. Like I didn't want to go anywhere near the mic, but you kind of have to. <laughs> oh, to yeah, sing that's a show. That's a sad. Well, I mean... Uh, when that happens to me, <laughs> it's a sad, I just think of a better we do a fifty-seven dog. on the mic. Fifty-seven <laughs> kicks. Protect. Really? Yeah. So we. Wait, I, I always put one of those shame socks on top I always, of them. I, like, I hate those. Shame shame socks. No, I go there. Shame I socks. always have it. You yeah. have the foamy shame socks. I, I travel with about ten of them. <laughs> yeah, because that way you can get up really close. You can get up really close. The foams or the fifty-sevens. The foams over every mic, including the there's foam. I have foam for fifty-sevens and I have foam for fifty-eights. Is that just for electric reasons? Germs. For a lot of... Must yeah, be well, germs. That's, a, that's a big thing. Because yeah. I remove... if something, You know when monitor guys come up to you and they're like, is it good? And then they start going up to your mic. The entire crew, when a monitor guy comes close to my mic, the entire crew goes, no, stop where you are. Stop where you are. Because that's just basically... So, uh, I, yeah, I take I can off attest. The, I can attest to that. Well, you know what happened? We were in Lisbon that night that Arturo... Te- uh, texted you. Yes. Um, what happened that show at the show is I had the mic in my hand. Some guy grabbed the cable and yanked it down and took the mic and started talking into the mic, my mic, Ooh. to my sock. And uh, <laughs> I just, I just during like, the show, during the show, oh, okay. in between the songs, right. And I grabbed it. And I took the, the 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 sock off, and I go. Now, because of what you did, we're going to wait till we find a new sock. <laughs> did you say the word sock? No, a, a, a new foam or whatever I said. You said foam. Yeah, you call just, it a shame sock. I just, I, just, I, just, I just stood there until, until uh, our, our, our guy got, got me a new one. But don't you want to develop a resistance to germs by yeah. exposure? Kevin and I would do that, too. When yeah. I'd go to the lead mic to sing, be shame sock on. Really? Finish yeah. shame sock off. Wow. In placebo, when I was, you know, 17, 18, started first starting to tour, I thought it was so cool that I had my own 58 because I, it was just that, that, that putrid, brutal, mm-hmm. beaten up mics at, at like the pyramid in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. you know? Like, uh, or like, you know? Uh, or like that. You wore two socks for though, two phones. Yeah, but to have, bring, unzip mine, little, little toothbrush with some, you know, Listerine on there and then. 
and have my own mic, I've always felt like... I mean, that was before I played a guitar in Oh, a band, wait, I'm so. using my own mics. I'm yeah. not using the club's mic. No, no of course. I, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm using my own yeah. mic, and then I'm putting a foam over the mic. Yeah. Just but, double, double protection. Yeah, but also, it also works with, like... It is you, double protection. If you're going into it a little more... Um, uh, readily than you would like mm. if you're getting so into the song and you bash your teeth which has happened to me yes that kind of also kind of acts as a cushion mm-hmm. that's true so you can just give yourself over to the rock yeah. that's a little lesson for you kids at home get some foam get some shame socks if you want to be as heavy as Danko Jones yeah. oh don't do that because I buy them all at Long McQuay oh. <laughs> okay so but Toronto people can you order thing them is, by you know, email can I, oh, wait, I wanted to say something about bands complaining on stage I oh, just yeah. thought about this band. First of all, their band name is Tennis. <laughs> is that's, that a good or a bad thing? No, that's a that's, that's just a good a, name. What? I got, yeah, you can have like, a name that's a thing. I'm anyway, <laughs> no, I'm with yeah. you. Singer, I'm with you, champ. The singer was complaining about how she, you know, she was sick and couldn't oh, hit certain notes. Yeah. You're and then, fucking kidding. And me. then, no. like, likened herself to Janis Joplin. I'm like, I don't know if Janis Joplin was alive, whether she'd like to be. Com- Compared to you, How I'm not like even a huge Janis Joplin fan, but like, oh, I'm kind of like channeling my Janis Joplin. That or makes something. me cringe on in a memory way because that used to be me. I remember the trial by fire came years later when I broke a string on stage and sang the song, this American folk song, when I was a young girl, a cappella while I restrang the guitar, like oh, at, nice. at the oh, Rancho that's... Relaxo. Huh. <clears throat> and you that sang was that song at Rancho Relaxo? Yeah, because, because it used was to be YouTube just... there exist back then. I that don't think the good. internet exists. Doesn't, doesn't that, isn't that a song on Let It Die? Yeah, well, that was years later that I made Let It Die. Was a young but back then, it was sort of like this acapella thing I could pull out of my hat to, to like, what'd you say? No, we'll, we'll outro with that. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Good but, version. Um, but yeah, because I before that, I would have been like, oh, sorry, I have to go and change a string. Oh, everyone just like have a drink, you know? Yeah. And then that day. <laughs> with that voice, too. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> the nutty professor <laughs> it might have been Dan Kurtz actually speaking of like Kevita because then Dan was my bass player for years and ma- and recorded my first re- re- Feist record anyway Monarch Monarch he was, he was my bass player and he would he just like you gotta stop complaining on stage you can't and he's like you can't shoot me dirty looks when you think I'm hitting wrong shit I'm not yeah. like he kind of schooled me like you don't let the audience see that there's any discord on stage first of all totally. second of all you don't make it their problem by complaining I mean, sort of. He 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 was just he'd been in bands longer than me at that point. I was still green, you know. But you also don't want you also want to give the audience sometimes uh, um, an indication that what they're watching doesn't happen on all the other nights. So what they're watching is a unique thing that's happening. So if something does fuck up, you know, you make some sort of reference to how this never happens. Oh yeah, I remember Colette doing that one, like one of his, uh, you know. (laughs) songwriter nights and so it was probably like Andrew Cash or someone forgot the lyrics and then like kind of steps in on the microphone and says, this only happens you know makes it kind of a show of it and people applaud and like yeah. what great he forgot you some, more... he forgot some <laughs> yeah. lyrics you, know? you got a little bit of applause the sports team got a little city. bit of applause <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah or else you know I, I guess I'm revealing too much but you know you also walk out on what I was doing on this last tour was which I never really was observant of but I think the audience especially how we come out being a rock band it's all like fucking game face and you know mm-hmm. I went I went the opposite direction for this last tour 
I started, I just walk on and I'd smile. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And people would just be like, wow, he's really into being here. That is. <laughs> Can you think of a scandy How weird. <laughs> Oh, there's Seriously, been some good man. stuff. There's some good stuff yeah. coming down. <laughs> oh, and I must mention, this is the 50th episode. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. Made it to 50. Yeah. Right, let's do an actual. So we had a uh, yeah. ceramic Although cheers. I don't have anything left. Uh, I don't have anything left. <laughs> My monitor guy, uh, Sully, he uh, he's a real metal guy, and I always joke like, "Sorry, you work for me," because it's super like snoozy lullaby stuff for for uh, you know someone who's into metal but then when i ended up doing that that split seven inch with mastodon oh yeah it was like he was like the reporter from the front lines of how the metal world was sort of like into i was my very cover surprised and, about that oh, how did that, just how going did that through the 45 how did that even happen well i, I that's a good I, tune yeah yeah black tongue the your split with Mastodon. Yeah, I covered their song Black Tongue and they covered my song Commotion. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, that happened because we both played Jules Holland and I had not heard of Mastodon because I live in a bubble of, you know, my whatever, whatever that's book I'm totally reading fine. on tour and whatever mixtape a friend gives me or whatever. Same and you as, hadn't talked to John Crossingham about Mastodon. No, I actually wrote him about that afterwards. Oh, yeah. Because um, he's the, the man to ask, you know. But, um, about certain things, sure. But we end, I don't know, me and... I can't remember the guy's name. Troy? The, uh, no, the... Brent. 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 Brent B. Hines. Um, we, we ended up talking in the dressing rooms, and, and I, and, you know, just genuinely great kind of Southern gentleman style, like really sweet guys. And, uh, yeah, the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were being very Behind the scenes. nice. And uh, we I, I just said something like I was really into his tone and like I, I was I just sort of said something like I, I want to learn those riffs man I want to like figure that shit out because you know Jules Holland has this uh, really dumb thing that has to happen at the beginning of every episode where he stands in the middle and there's five bands in a circle around like that's how this show mm-hmm. in England I don't know if you, you guys oh, all yeah. know what I'm talking about I'm aware of the show it's like yeah. a TV I'm aware show. that we were always on hold for Jules Holland and never actually got to play on it Next. Whoa. Next. Bitter, bitter. bitter. Well, the first time I ever played it, it was I, it was Radiohead, Cat Power, Mary J. Blige, and me. It was like oh, I was like, how Jesus. the hell did I get? You know, and you all play <laughs> facing a center. You all all your bands are set up in your own world, facing a center, and then everyone you like Radiohead plays a song, and then Jules Holland goes, and now from America, Cat Power, and That's then she plays a song. It's pretty brutal. Like you're singing just, in front of Mary J. Blige. Yes. And Yikes. singing in front of Tom York and like having to keep your shit together and like how did I get invited to this? Tom party? York, whatever you can. Oh, whatever you can hold your own with any of those. Hey, wait a minute anyway, here. Let's. The next time I did it, pause. The next pause. time I did it was Mastodon, some band from France I'd never heard of, and Phoenix. Uh, oh, and Bon Iver. Jeez. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just naming French bands. <laughs> Charles Trenet. Ah, Bon Iver. Bon Isn't Iver. it Bon Iver? Bon Iver. Bon Iver. I thought it was that because I'm into rock. I'm surprised he hasn't made. He's moving in on the Canadian Shantuzas. 
Oh, really? Liz, Liz Powell, he produced her record. And he did? They, they, they dated for like a oh, year. That's cool. And then he moved into uh, Kathleen Edwards' territory. Get and out of here. Record, right? And produced her I record, too. I didn't know too. about the Liz Powell. Yeah, so <laughs> watch, watch your back. Liz <laughs> Powell's <laughs> amazing. I, look, he's you a friend of mine. There, there's no uh, yeah, for now. untoward. So for it was, now. It was anyway, Bon Iver, Bon Iver, and Mastodon, and yeah, you? Yeah, and me and, so, and some French sort of funk band with like matching dance moves. It's just so weird. It was but Daft anyway, Punk. It was Daft Punk. There was these two astronauts standing there with some laser Justice. Anyway, he stands in the middle and he makes everyone play a jam together. So he asks oh, the wow. band to that start a awkward. jam. So, so just start awkward. a groove. He calls it "Get a Groove Going," and then you have to. And then so one band starts a groove, and then the next he rolls over to the next band, and the camera moves and watches everyone pick up on the key, and everyone has to have this awkward jam together. It's like oh the worst. So there was thing a Mary ever. J. Blige fight. Mastodon. Yeah. Ma- Mastodon. Are, are... So Mastodon were asked to start the jam. Oh, okay, because they're kind of like you know punk rockers in a way they'll but the, the time signature was so complicated that I was watching observing this like awesome that's them the giving drummer, the finger to everyone yeah but they they didn't get they're, they're, you know they didn't sort of get on the same level with each other because the drummer I could see like craning his neck to like try to see the guy's fingers because there was no way to under, to hear any time signature in that riff and and the drummer kind of started and he couldn't find anything and then it, we were the next band to, it was supposed to roll over to us and they looked so confused and we were so confused and, and Jules Holland kind of like called it and said like give it another go boys <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they kind of just they basically just did like 12 bar blues or right, something right. Really. but anyway so we were backstage kind of bonding on like I was like man you guys are good sports like if he'd asked us to start there's no fucking way like I don't know how we just like play some 12 bar blues so you know and uh, and then he said like you got some nice riffs girl and I was like I bet you can't play my riffs boy you know that kind of vibe it was totally a casual conversation that then I I heard about record store day and thought oh that would be cool but it wasn't something I was I'm not gonna mobilize that like yeah. a conversation backstage doesn't get mobilized into something like that but then I I was doing a bank of phoners one day and um and uh, like not in nine in a row from all over the world, like I was doing like some Brazilian ones and then some like Danish ones and then some just some like sort of set up ones. And uh, all of them were like, so what's this Mastodon split seven inch? And I was totally like, I didn't have enough room in between phoners for about two hours to to hang up and call someone in my world and say, what what are they talking about? But Mastodon had been on, on uh, some interview with like some video interview. They were in the studio of MTV or something and had said, we're doing a split seven inch with Feist for radio, record store day. And I basically was informed about it from like all those crazy phoners from all over who had heard about this. And, and I thought, great, they're mobilizing it by just announcing. I have not been in touch. I have not spoken a word to any but of them. But was something talked about? For them to even go ahead and say that? Probably, like, I had maybe said on my end, that would be great. Like, I want to, I want to bite into one of their songs and see, I want, mostly I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear them try to cover the bad in each other, which they ended up choosing Commotion, which was awesome. I I was really into it. I actually shot a video to their version of Commotion, because I just thought it was, like, such a bizarre did you ever see that? No. Is that on YouTube? No. Yeah, sure, I'm sure. I got to catch up with this that in- along with the Danko Jones podcast. Series. Yeah, right. I got to watch I this a lot of uh, hour and a half long documentary on Danko. 
But anyway, it was, uh, I have not been in touch with any of them since, but it was a casual conversation. Then I got to hear their version. They, I, they heard mine. I, I've never even written to say, I guess I should. Really? should write to say that was awesome. Well, this is well, like this a is, letter to... to yeah, because, uh, I mean, we had Braun, the drummer from Macedon, on a past uh, podcast. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but sure. we never, I, 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 I never, we never got to that, talking about... I'm sure to the them it was a day of recording, just like me. But for me, to it was it was just sort of like so satisfying to get to. I, I listened to everything they've ever recorded, and basically, I because you can interpret however you want. But I listened for lyrics that I would be able to believably get behind. Right. And they have a lot of like lore lyrics, like referencing arcane sort of like Viking sects and <laughs> different mountain ranges. As you do when you're fantasy. a metal band. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Volitius brought his trident. And, like, you know, I don't even know. Well, what, well, you know. So, some, some of them, like Leviathan, are based on Moby Dick. That album is completely about Moby Dick. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, the uh, yeah. Mastodon record. Yeah. yeah, and then the one before the, the last one was, I think, one of the band members' sisters passed away. And that had a lot to do with it. So there are there there are oh, basically cool. real hard themes. But the last one, the hunter, yeah, I don't think there was any theme. They just put a bunch of songs together. You might have been referencing Moby Dick without even knowing it, like but, we all are in our lyrics. Time. But when I heard of the when I heard of, of this split seven inch between you and Mastodon, I I thought it made complete sense. Oh, right on. I, I thought that it would be, uh, knowing those guys, they're so open-minded when it comes to music, and I knowing you, I, I kind of figured that, yeah, that's, whether people know it or not, from from my standpoint, it's a very seamless kind of meshing and and, and mixing. I, I didn't kind of raise a red flag at all. I thought I, I was well, just like, great. well, that's, that's that 2013. makes sense. Yeah, it just seemed like a cool Anything thing. Anything can happen. Well, I mean, if there was, you know, kind of like in that kind of singer-songwriter world to do, to take on Mastodon and mm -hmm. make sense out of it, and if there was any metal band in the metal world to, to cross the bridge, it would be these two acts. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I called Crossingham, John Crossingham of yes. Broken Social Scene History, mm -hmm. because he's such a knowledgeable, he's got the tweezers out of every single nuance of every, and I, I basically was like, you got to help me out, because I don't want to accidentally choose the satisfaction or the you know the I didn't want to choose the hit to cover accidentally because I don't know their their whole right. story I wanted to choose something that was you know like underneath like I had done some digging and mm -hmm. so crossing him kind of oh, yeah. I, I was like what do you think about Black Tongue he kind of he narrowed it down to like five or six songs that he thought would be like you know and at the end of the day they have they have so many records out and so much stuff I ended up on searching their lyrics online and then just reading through the lyrics and when I really clicked with something I'd go and listen to the song and be like okay no that has like nine time signature changes like <laughs> I don't, I don't I, that, I'm not gonna bite that one off but that's oh, interesting I love listening to the process of like deconstructing a band as complex as Mastodon so I, that's like the shows I grew up going to like you know it's like fucking love power chords and it's like yeah. what I grew up listening to and and it's all the Calgary scene was like a lot of hardcore like you know it's just like not a, like those guys noodle but they also have this basis of this really like you know why I love Danko when I first saw Danko also it's just like giant meaty like <laughs> power you know 
it's, it's not it's not a lot of noodling. No, it's, and it's simple. Simply sim- no sim- progression. Simple, is heavy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's always what I can get behind too. That's how yeah. I prefer. And then lyrics too. I like. I, I I'm at the point when I write lyrics, they're like the dumbest things in the world. I I the more like a caveman they sound, the more. Comfortable. Are you, wait a minute. You're, are you equating my lyrics to caveman? No, I'm saying that's what I like. That's your thing. But you There's sometimes get there. But that, but that's because I was going to ask you what kind of lyrics struck a chord with you, Leslie. Of the black tongue. Okay. Just in general, what what does? But in that particular. Oh yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, what is it that makes people get behind certain lyrics? I guess I the I like a kind of metaphors. You know, any specifics that get into too much sort of like you know just combing through crazy details i don't find as interesting as like elemental enormity you know talking about like just symbolic enormity born to run maybe too too detailed (laughs) there's a lot of storyteller singers i love to listen to i guess when they stun skillfully like ron sexsmith or yeah springsteen or you know, Nick Lowe or... Yeah, Nick Lowe, Ron, Ron Sexsmith. Yeah. Oh, I heard a, heard a new Ron Sexsmith from Ron. I, I was walking home and ran into Kevin Hearn. He's like, oh, Ron's in the house. So hung out with Kevin and his family and Ron. And Ron, he's hilarious. He told a good story about hanging out with Paul McCartney. That's great. Yeah. At the, it's at funny. The, how... At the breakfast table. I, I, yeah. He, oh, man. I, I, we, we love Ron Sexsmith. And when I say we, I, I mean JC as well. He's a huge... Huge Ron Sexsmith fan. Yeah, he's he's Loves. amazing. Yeah, and I don't know where what where is he right now in terms of his career. Uh, he's Did looking we, for looking for looking a producer, for one, right? looking oh. for a producer. But I, he's out. I wish he would just make. I, I have a vision in my A and R mind. You should. I think he should just go. make. He should just strip it all down and do it himself. He oh. know he's been making records long enough. He knows what he's best at. I, 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 his records that he's made with producers who add beats and mm. slick him up, I find so less appealing and less. I sang less some backup on, than... on the. Uh, no, I, I wasn't even backup. I got relegated to gang vocals on one of the Bob Rock. <laughs> relegated. <laughs> the Bob the Bob Rock produced record. But it was cool being on the. Relegated. Uh, You're on a Ron Sexsmith album. I know. Yeah, I know. I just got relegated. Uh, you know, group, the group vocal is not super exciting. I no, got to do lead no. vocals on a Ron Sexsmith. <laughs> well, you know, at least like, <laughs> at least like a harmony part. But but either he, way, he it was fun. Up, uh, it was fun seeing Bob did, Rock on the other Bob side Rock, of the glass. Bob Rock did a Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty that's, intense. See, that's yeah. the thing. It seems like an, someone's thinking of an equation rather than actually like just trusting himself. He so came up and Ron used have? my house. Like people have used my house to record in, and and he came up and worked just demoing for a couple of days, piano, acoustic. I think that's a piano and acoustic and voice. Like, just like did a couple passes. And what to you simple. is like perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. The, it was perfect. It was but like not the to Ron, an guy. It was the Ron Sexsmith album that I wanted to hear. And I think like probably the bulk of the people who've been following him this many years, that's what they want to hear too, you know? Yeah. But we all, it's like everyone thinks they own the people they love, you know? It's like he's, he's save got yourself a, a bit of money too. Yeah. Go, up, go up and record acoustic guitar and piano for three days. Bring a couple frozen pizzas. Yeah. Bam shabam. <laughs> Dr. You got yourself, you got yourself an album. Wow. Are we gonna reminisce about the time that we took Canning to the emergency room? Oh, oh I never even thought of that. Next what happened? One, uh, 
kidney stones. Oh, painful. Poor Canning. We're mm-hmm. watching a movie when he lived on Beep Street with yep. Danko. <laughs> this is true. And yeah. uh, I just started to scream and writhe in inexplicable pain and I had no idea what the hell was going on. That was Because you couldn't even both? communicate anymore. You blacked out almost. Like you couldn't even make eye contact you know what? anymore. Because I had two kidney stone episodes mm. and the first one you and Peaches picked me up from the hospital. Oh man. No that so was you were, the second one. So mm-hmm. Leslie you were there for both of the kidney stone episodes? I know. Yeah, I remember picking you up You were there the for the first one and then the second one it was not as severe. The first time around, my roommate, this was pre... Oh, no. No, the no, first the, the time fir- was when I, I went to Danko's room, knocked on the door and was like, because you have a van, had a van. Yeah, but like, when you, you knocked on the door, me. I was sleeping, right? Yeah, yeah, you were See? you were like And what was totally it, 10.30 at night? Oh. Well, it was even later. It was like <laughs> oh, yeah. midnight or something. <laughs> and, uh, and we were probably watching On Golden Pond or something. No, we were watching know. Nine and a Half Weeks. I'm not kidding. That was, I'm not kidding. That's what prompted the kidney stone. <laughs> yeah, right. <passing>. Boner, kidney stone. <laughs> Mickey Rourke oh, will God. do that. <laughs> yeah, man. Mickey Rourke, Passenger. Oh, but I'm telling you, because I had two episodes, and the first one was before Danko moved in. And that's when Peach and I picked you up from you the hospital. You and Peach picked me up, and then four months later... Oh, man. For so, some reason, I, I had a feeling that it wasn't the first time. Yeah, like, I think I you moved in, in around but May. We went, we, yeah. I think you dropped us off. At, in front of the... Uh, yeah. yeah, you couldn't park, so yeah. I so dropped you off. I took him in. University Avenue. You were on Avenue. the floor of the emergency room. The woman f- behind Mount the Sinai, flex, I think behind I the yeah, plexiglass Mount Sinai, I think you're right. was just had no sympathy. No. For all she knew, you were just high or something, because yeah. no sympathy. I was like, can you give him a Tylenol or anything? But Little, didn't yeah. you later have a theory that the casualty, the reason that was going on, was because of the catering on the Tragically Hip tour? Yes. Oh, too much the pie, first, oh, too just. much cake. Canning was just like really oh. enjoying the spread uh-huh. at these hockey arena shows that we were playing in 99 oh, but it was yeah, the Jeff Wright did the, the yeah, hip we tour supported, yeah. I was I was 22 years old and uh, these guys you were all kind of like turning 30 I think that year not quite Mark Close Goldstein Jose Contreras you no you all turned 30 that year or 2000 yeah that year yeah <laughs> Brendan's trying to play he's it like down. no not no. quite 30. no 30, I'm gonna like pin this down. Half. <laughs> no. I did I did I turned 30 when we were on tour with Blurtonia all right, come on. All right, let's <laughs> go get. Are we going for lunch? Yeah. Is it too yeah, late for lunch or what? Yeah. I I got I got time for like a quick How much? bite. Yeah. To, my friend is leaving for Europe, and I just have to see him around three. So I think I'm fine. It's one thirty. Yeah. Four. Just, it's one forty. Yeah, we could we could. Uh, let's go. It's we not can grab something. Tie tie around the corner. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. I'm They're pretty quick. Okay, so that's what we're gonna do. That was fun. And that was fun, and we finally did it. Yeah, that was super and, fun. And we're ending it now. Super fun. Right. Do you want a little sign off here or anything? Yeah, why don't you sign yeah, off? Okay. That was a great podcast. I'm really glad it happened. I'm really glad to be here. Uh, Feist, are you really glad to be here today? She's. Okay, that was a yeah from the other room. And uh, everyone else? Yeah. All good? Yeah? Okay, All great. Right. All right, oh. thanks. Yeah.